Hi, I'm Ju Ru, co-founder and CEO of Hero Cosmetics. And what I love about beauty is the community. It's super tight knit. Everyone knows each other, and it's just a great community now. From New York City, you're listening to Beauty Is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the beauty industry. Hi, this is Mimi Banks, and this is Beauty Is Your Business, and I'm so excited that we have Ju Ru, the founder of Hero Cosmetics. Hi, Ju. Hey, Mimi. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. I am super excited to reconnect with you after our dinner in L.A., I know. And that was already like, I don't know, over six months ago. Time flies. And Hero has been blowing up in the meantime since our meeting six months ago. I'd love to start with you telling us how Hero came alive. This is a super interesting story. Yeah, it started when I used my first ever hydrocolloid acne patch when I was living in Korea. It's really actually more of a personal story because I unfortunately always have a tendency to break out. I have also very dry and sensitive skin. And all the products that I grew up using, like we all know them, like the white creams, those pink creams, three-step solutions, I used everything. And oftentimes it just ended up making my skin worse actually. But when I used my first hydrocolloid acne patch when I was living in Korea, that was literally a game-changing discovery for me because it was a product that was gentle on my skin, but it worked really effectively and quickly. Like it absorbed all that pimple gunk out of my pimple literally overnight, flattened it. I mean, I was just so amazed with how well this product worked and then immediately started wondering why is this not more available in the US? It needs to be, more people need to know about this. And that really inspired the idea to create what is now Mighty Patch. Yeah, it was that. Were you one of the first? Because I don't think anyone was actually talking about pimple patches for until recently, really. So there were Asian brands and some Korean brands that were selling into the U.S. There were also, I mean, hydrocolloid in general, for people that don't know, the origins are actually as a kind of like wound dressing or kind of a bandage. And so um, people would actually just go to the drugstore and buy these really large hydrocolloid bandages and cut them up into smaller sizes to use them for their breakouts. When I was doing my research, you're right, like there were very few, if any, brands that really existed for the Western audience. But I saw the breadcrumbs of interest in the U.S. because people were asking their friends and family to bring them from Asia or they were going and buying like the big patches and cutting them up. And so those were signs that the demand was sort of, you know, starting to build up. That's fascinating. And so how did you go from discovering this amazing solution to launching an incredible business? I mean, it's been quite the journey for sure. I mean, it's a lot of little steps, right? It's a lot of little steps over time. Uh, I mean, the first step really with Mighty Patch was to find a manufacturer whom we could create this really best-in-class product. So when I was living in Korea, I went into all the drugstores and bought up all the kind of competitive patches. And in Korea, you actually have to disclose your manufacturing partner on the packaging. So I bought all the boxes, I turned them over, and I made a list of all potential suppliers out there. Literally started cold calling 
manufacturers. I had to convince a few to entertain the idea of working with me, send me samples, sometimes I had to buy samples, et cetera. And then finally landed on the one that we work with today um, and really worked with them to develop like what I thought, again, was like a, a best in class sort of hydrocolloid acne patch. Um, so once we had sort of like the product and the partner, then it was really about like, what do we call it? What's the packaging? Where are we going to sell it? And like the name Mighty Patch really comes from the idea that, you know, this is an emotional category because when you break out, you feel, usually you feel like kind of bad about yourself. So I wanted something like punchy and positive. So when my co-founder came up with Mighty Patch, I was like, that's brilliant. I love that name. So we had the name, he worked on the packaging. And then the last part was like, where do we sell it? We were bootstrapped. We didn't raise like a ton of money. And for us, Amazon was a really logical choice because you have access to hundreds of millions of potential consumers. There were some Korean pimple patch products that were on Amazon. You know, we just knew that our potential audience was on Amazon. So we launched on Amazon. So once we have those three things, we're kind of ready to go. And then over time, it's just sort of really all about scaling. And how long did this process take? Because I'm taking notes and fascinated by all of the different things that you did, not just as an entrepreneur and as a businesswoman, but there's, as you said, there's a lot of little steps to find a manufacturer, first and foremost, not easy to have a co-founder. Can you tell us some more about how you decided to work with a co-founder? You know, I actually tried to do this on my own in 2013-ish or so. So we didn't launch Hero Cosmetics until 2017, fall of 2017. I actually had this idea back in like 2013-ish, 2014, and took the steps to find the manufacturing partner and even came up with like a product name or brand name and stuff. And and back then I, I was, you know, I was going to do this by myself as a solo founder. And then I stopped because... Um, I became intimidated by like the amount of money that I would need to launch this business. And just, I think I have so much respect for people who are solo founders because it's hard. And then I have two co-founders. I don't know. It was very organic. It wasn't like, oh, I, I'm going to revisit this idea. This time I'm going to have co-founders. So who are these people? It actually was a conversation over dinner with one of my co-founders. You know, we were just having dinner like, hey, I, I have this idea. I think you would do really well. And he said, hey, if you want to do it, I'll do it with you. I'm going to rope in my brother. And I said, okay. And then and we were three. So it was kind of a organic situation. And what was your background before? Where did you come from? What was the industry? What was your professional career path? I have a marketing background. So I got my MBA at Columbia Business School and did my internship at Kraft Foods because, you know, back then I was really interested in marketing and brand management and learning all about the consumer and really, you know, brand management, CPG, that's where you kind of cut your teeth for that kind of experience. I worked on the Planters brand, Planters Peanuts or Planters Nuts. And then I went back full time. So I, I was in brand management at Kraft Foods Mondelez, then spent some time at American Express in marketing, and then also spent some time at Samsung, which is the experience that took me to Korea, which is where I did, I used my first hydrocolloid acne patch. And so I have a lot of corporate experience, but that corporate experience really served me well in building this business for sure. I, because it gives you all of the tools that it takes to run a business, but none of this is beauty. Yeah, none of it's beauty, but I think I got exposed to beauty when I was living in Korea because, I mean, that was kind of 
in the boom of sort of the K-beauty wave and my eyes were open to like all the products and all the innovation and everything that was happening in Korea with beauty. I mean, at the end of the day, beauty is beauty, but it's also consumer products. You're selling products to consumers. Yeah. And I think a lot of the fundamentals are actually quite similar. Like it's really about listening and understanding what people want, trying to anticipate their needs. Yeah. I think the framework is actually quite similar, even though the products might be different. I think it's a good point. And also you are the consumer. So it came from an actual need, an actual solution, and you saw something that worked. And I think that what you're saying is very inspiring for people who are listening to this podcast, who might have an idea, who might not be in beauty. But I think to see that exactly what you're saying, that it's all about anticipating needs, listening and understanding the consumer and seeing the white space that it's possible that you don't have to have this beauty background to be able to be uber successful. Okay, let's go back to your journey. So now, so you have your co-founder, you have the manufacturers, you're on Amazon, which now is everybody's dream to be successful on Amazon because it's so big. It's so big. So where did you go from there? So now you're on Amazon, you have this idea, it's starting to boom and you're picking up. Yeah, we were on Amazon before Amazon suddenly became cool, which uh, is kind of funny. And in the beginning, I always knew this brand would be an omnichannel brand. I knew we'd be in stores just because when I think about the nature of acne, when you have a pimple, it becomes an emergency. Like you need something right now. And, you know, Amazon Prime two-day shipping is great, but sometimes you just need to like walk into a store, you know, your local CVS or Target or whatever. You need to like pick the solution up. So I started pursuing retail right from the get-go. So we're on Amazon and then immediately started pitching retailers. And back then it was really specialty retailers like Urban Outfitters and Anthropology, Neiman Marcus, for example. And Anthropology was the first one to say, hey, I think this product's really interesting. Let me do a test. I want to do an 80 store test. So the timeline is we launched on Amazon in September of 2017. By January of 2018, we were in 80 stores at Anthropology. And then within a week, the buyer emails me and she goes, hey, the velocities and the turns of this product are really, really strong. I'm going to launch this nationally. So I think they had like 250 stores or something like that. So that was further validation that, hey, people want this product. Retailers want this product. I think we're onto something. That's amazing. And so how did you get to anthropology? And I'm asking also these questions, not only because it's fascinating, interesting, but also people listening to this who are trying to get into retail, looking for retail partners and to understand like what that process is. Cold calling or cold emailing can get you far is what I'll say because, and you know, you, these days you can just guess people's emails because it's usually like some variation of like first name, dot last name, first initial, last name. And, you know, if you know their website, you know their email domain. And so, I mean, it was literally a cold email. I didn't know this person. I cold emailed the buyer and, you know, wrote the pitch email and included a photo of our product and the reasons why I felt like they needed it, why it was better, the price point, et cetera. So I'll say, yeah, cold emailing or cold calling can get you far. The second one is if you build the demand first, they will come to you. So for example, the first, I think, press article that we were in was in Into the Gloss. So Emily Ferber, like she wrote this whole profile on pimple patches and uh, specifically Mighty Patch. And when that went up, not only did our sales on Amazon increase pretty significantly, but I started getting all these inbounds from retailers saying, 
hey, can I get a sample? Hey, I want to try this. Hey, this looks really cool. I read about you into the gloss. And even now, like we get people who discover us on Instagram or social, like because they see people talking about it. So when buyers see people talking about it, it reinforces that potentially their customers or their guests would want it and makes them want to think about carrying your product. I love that it, because it's the validation, it's the credibility, and you see the results. Let's talk about social and community. And I'm not just saying this because I work in social, but you know, we talked about community um, a little bit, but how important is social to Hero Cosmetics? Our community on social is so important. We focus a lot on engagement. I mean, we get a lot of direct feedback. You know, we'll post something. We're going to be launching a, a new product soon. And when we do launch new products, we get their, we get our community's feedback really quickly. So usually in the comments, they'll tell us what they think, whether they like it. We teased a product once and we had people guess. And in the comments, I was reading them and they were guessing all these great product ideas. And I was taking notes because, I mean, they were great ideas and it's from our community. So, you know, I think that direct communication, that feedback is really critical it's important for sales too, because we've had products go viral, for example, on TikTok. And we see the impact to our revenue, either on DVC or other channels. And then the creator community is really important too, because they're a really key piece of helping tell the product story, the brand story, you know, to their audience, to the wider audience. So I think social media is critical for us. So tell us about your TikTok viral moment. I think people are trying to always unlock TikTok right now and be that sought on TikTok. What was your story? I mean, we've had a few. One, for example, we launched Mighty Patch Nose and it's a patch that you put, you know, you put on your nose, you sleep with it. And then when you wake up, it absorbs all the sebum from your nose area, like gets into the corners and the crevices. And it has a great before and after moment, which I think is great for TikTok. So you put it on, you take it off. When you put it in front of the camera, like you see all the gunk that this patch has absorbed. And so we had someone, or maybe it was ourselves, we posted that before and after moment with the patch. And I mean, people love that type of content, like just went viral. Right. The oddly satisfying. Oddly satisfying. Yeah. It's like, you can't look away, but it's like really weird or really gross. And that type of content, it's so like inherent with our products. That type of content always goes viral. And then did it sell out? Did you see all of a sudden a spike in sales? What happened? Yeah. Oh, that product, because of the viral nature of the product, I mean, the sales have been phenomenal. It was a number one new release on Amazon for like six weeks or something like that. I was a top seller on D2C, moving really quickly at Target. So for sure, that kind of viral moment helped sales across the board. That's incredible. And that's so exciting. Then people want to like repeat it, do it again. Once that happens once, I know that it's everybody's dream right now to try to make things happen on TikTok. And really what you did is you said, okay, this is the natural use and what happens with our product. And it just resonates with the audience. What I think is interesting about your bio, even on Instagram, and I feel old school for talking about Instagram versus TikTok, where you talk about empowering acne prone skin. Can you tell us about that? What that means to you? You know, I think what we're trying to do is really just help people reclaim their skin confidence. And we're trying to talk about acne in a different way. I think before, and we're seeing that that conversation shift in general in beauty, because before it was really about like this aspirational look and having flawless skin and poreless and 
really airbrushed and and all that and so that kind of conversation isn't really good for people who and I mean none of us really have perfect skin right so just the idea that we never wanted people to feel bad about themselves when they break out we want to really unleash that sort of confidence back and we always say that there's a hero that exists within every single person and what we want to do is we we just want to reveal it back to the surface and so that's what we mean by empowering acne prone skin we want to get you back to feeling your best and there's no shame with that breakout because everyone breaks out so we're trying to sort of change the conversation there i love that tagline the hero of the story is you and we're here to help you reveal it one solution at a time that's really empowering how did you come up with the name hero you know, names are hard. Names are like what is available because you have to make sure the URL is available, the trademarks are available. But apart from that, I mean, similar to the name Mighty Patch, it was really important for me that the brand name instill like confidence and be positive. Because again, we were playing in a space where there's a lot of negativity that comes from breaking out. I wanted the name to be emotive, but like the opposite of the negative feelings that you feel when you break out. And we were just like, you know, brainstorming all sorts of names. And I don't know who suggested it, but like Hero came up. Hero Cosmetics was available as a URL. So we were like, that's it. It's perfect because... The Mighty Patch, when you use it, and people, you know, leave comments like this all the time, but they say like, your product is literally a hero in my life. Like it really saves the day. So it's sort of that concept, which I think works well. It really is very empowering, whether it was on purpose, whether it is by virtue of circumstance. I know the ingredients really matter specifically when it comes to acne. And you talk about being consciously clinical. Can you tell us what that means? Yeah, consciously clinical, it's kind of clinical, actually. So it's clean and being clinical. It means that the products have to work. It has to have efficacy, but it also has to be gentle and safe on your skin. Because again, what we don't want to do is we don't want to use high concentrations of very strong ingredients that actually do more harm. And so compared to some of the legacy brands out there, We don't use things like benzoyl peroxide. We do use things like salicylic acid, but it's always combined with really nourishing and hydrating and moisturizing ingredients so we can have that balance. Because I think what happened when I was growing up and maybe when a lot of us were growing up using kind of the old school products is it was really focused around like drying your skin out. Now the beauty consumer is a lot more educated. So we all know that that's not good. And so we try to take an approach where everything's really more balanced. The active ingredients work really harmoniously with the nourishing and moisturizing ingredients. And, you know, it's clinical. We stand by our efficacy, but at the same time, it's going to be gentle and safe. That's great. Yes. I remember saying, oh, you know what? I can just go into the sun. It will dry it out. Or that's where the myth about using toothpaste came up, that it would just dry out the pimples. I I remember the pink stuff. I don't know if that's giving away our age or not. (laughs) I know. I've done all those things. I know. Like lemon juice and like, you name it. I've tried it. Totally. I really still remember saying I can go into the sun and it will clear my skin. So I'm actually really not worried. It will just dry it out. So do you have to do a lot of myth busting then when you're educating? Because are people, I know the consumers are smarter now. People understand, but those myths are really strong, specifically when it comes to acne, DIY hacks and everyone thinking that they understand how to treat their skin when it may, and it just may be luck. 
I mean, we don't do too much myth busting these. I mean, actually, I think maybe it's kind of the opposite where sometimes I'm I'm surprised at the level of detail in terms of the questions that we get from our community because they'll be like, what level of, you know, ingredient is this at? Because I read like blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, whoa, that's, I really don't know because <laughs> uh, maybe only like a dermatologist would know. And you know, because you're in the space, like some things get a bad rap and it's not necessarily the case. And I know there are like cosmetic chemists out there who are always sort of myth busting because something gets like bad press and it, it's like all over social media. It's almost like people are almost too educated. And then I think wrong information gets spread on social media. And so sometimes we have to re-educate back, if that makes sense. So explain like why that's not the case. It's more of that rather than like people being kind of steeped into like old habits. Yeah, no, I think that that's me that with toothpaste, but I, you're, I think you're right. We work with a lot of different skincare brands and the questions are about ingredients, percentage, application, the different permutations or combining different products together are really complex and very sophisticated really for a consumer. Yeah, I totally agree. So now you have all this success and I love watching it. Uh, I love celebrating you. What's next? Like, what is your next big thing? What's the next challenge? What's on the horizon? Oh, gosh. I mean, we've grown really fast. I mean, there's still a lot more growth to be had for us. So I think one part is just in the U.S. continuing to expand out our distribution so Target's been a great partner. This year, we expanded with Ulta. Uh, so we're going to do more of that starting next year. We have our eyes set on tapping into other markets. I think this brand needs to be a global brand because acne doesn't just happen in the US. It happens really everywhere. And I think other markets need this kind of brand that has innovative solutions and a different voice and you know, really talking to a really inclusive set of people. So international is going to be another big topic and we're going to be continuing to innovate within acne care, growing our team, really making sure that we're in a position to scale because for sure scaling is harder than starting from my experience. Those are three pretty big goals from distribution to expanding internationally and innovation. And it's so exciting to watch all of this happen. Tell us about your team. I know that we started to talk about it, entrepreneur to entrepreneur, and you're actually in Paris now. Where is your team? So the company's based in New York City. We have an office in Soho. Some of us are kind of distributed. So yeah, I live in Paris, moved here in 2018 because of my husband. But then I'd say like 90% of the team, they, they live in the New York area. And then we have a few people elsewhere. So we have... A few people in California, one person in Florida, like my sales VP, she lives in Minneapolis, for example. So we're about 50 people or so. It takes a village, as you know, you know, like starting a business. And, you know, I think that's like something that I would tell anyone is really build your village and build your team because you're going to need them to get anything done. Yeah, it takes a, a village to make the machine work and to make it function. Yeah. Do you have a secret or a tip to building a strong team? Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it is the culture that you want to build. So we think a lot about like the hero culture and we call the people who join us, we call them heroes. So, you know, there are a lot of like nice kind of moments that we try to incorporate. I think 
really maintaining positivity and helping people feel like they're on a winning team really helps. And just celebrating those wins is really important, no matter how small, because I think that those are the things that really help people feel like you know, you're accomplishing things and you're on this winning path. Maintaining that kind of positivity is really important. You know, one thing that we say at Hero is we, not me, and we always say no divas at this company because, again, it's a collective effort. It is not just like one person. It is really the team sport. And so I think having that kind of mentality and hiring people with that mentality is really important. I love that. I think that's super empowering. I was I was speaking to an intern yesterday from our team who was leaving, and we were talking about how I think that everybody has the same level of ideas. So you could have 20 years of experience, you could have two years, you could have two months, but as long as everyone can bring ideas to the table, it should not matter because it is that collective of people that can make the machine grow and actually function. So I can't believe how quickly this time has passed, but before we finish up, what I wanted to ask you is now everyone's going to be obsessed with Hero. Where can they find you on social if they want to connect with you? So you can find the brand, the handle is Hero Cosmetics on Instagram, on TikTok, on Twitter. Our website is herocosmetics.com. And you can find us in retail at places like Target and now Ulta. Amazing. Thank you so much, Ju, for joining us today. Uh, You have such an incredibly empowering and exciting story. We can't wait to watch the success of Hero. This has been Beauty Is Your Business, produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2021. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network and find prior episodes at beautyisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Your brand message can be on this show. Email us to find out more at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Thank you for listening.